One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 to get 20 20, to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You will find the story behind that song in just a few minutes when we talk to George Capalbo. I'll tell you all about it. You'll hear it. So, uh, so George, George and I uh, do another podcast together. And George is a tech guy. Um, he's a tech geek, but he's not one of these geeks who sits around drinking like orange soda and eating Skittles and staying up overnight coding. He's a guy who's invented stuff. He is a coder. He does all that stuff. But he's also like into space and all sorts of technology, and he's a true believer. He's a, he's a real thing. So we're going to talk to him because we're taking a break, taking a break from the craziness. We've had enough this week about nooses and hoaxes and, and uh, Trump rallies and um, all of the COVID resurgences and this and that, and uh, it's a good way to close it out. I, I'll probably do something this weekend, either Saturday or Sunday. But, you know, you're beginning your weekend now, hopefully. Those of you who don't have to work on weekends. Uh, and I'm doing it too, so we'll kind of unwind a little bit here. I was thinking, though, <laughs> and this isn't a funny subject, but I was thinking, uh, uh, George and I... Discuss. We move on to the topic a little bit of the Kennedy assassination. And speaking of having jobs, you know, when when I had jobs where I had to work weekends, usually that was when I was worked in hotels. And I worked in hotels in my twenties and my teens, late teens, really, in through my twenties and until my till I was about thirty one. Till I was exactly thirty one, and then I got into radio, um, which is a whole other story because. You know, I started as the male receptionist at 31 years old, which was a not as glamorous as it sounds. Um, so, but in my jobs in the hotel business, I did everything there. I was a, a valet, and I was a doorman and a bellman, and a front desk person and a concierge. I did uh, I bust tables. I worked the bars on weekends and this and that. 
It's one of those things when you, you in so I, I ostensibly I was a musician trying to make it in the biz, and while doing that I worked in hotels. This is one of the reasons why it's great to work in hotels as long as well as many other reasons that I I appreciate more than now than I did then. But so we used to get our reviews in the hotel business, and I remember a lot of my reviews, and they were generally they were always the same thing: is that um, I was very good with guests, and I had good general hospitality skills. I was willing to cover shifts if they needed and, and do this and that. But I was um, not there a lot, so I banged in sick a lot. And I was, uh, you know, a lot of times I just didn't feel like going to work. And uh, I was late a lot, too. And, <laughs> you know... There you have it. Thankfully, since then, since I've been in a position where I've hired people, everybody I hired has been better than me. Certainly, I hired... You know what? Here's a story for you. Look up. I think he works for CBS Sports now. But uh, Tyler Sullivan is a young guy who started with us at the Boston Herald for Boston Herald Radio, which is a digital station and podcasting thing we had, we did for about seven years. And this kid was so dedicated and so good that he would go work at one radio station, which would go early into like the wee hours of the morning and then show up for his 6 a.m. shift. He would drive to our parking lot, sleep in his Jeep for like three hours, and then come into work. That's dedication. That wasn't me during the uh, hotel things. I had my, I had my, I had my moments. I had my moments enough anyway. I've, uh, I've got some um, prestigious uh, windbreakers I, I won for my troubles. Those are for comment cards. Not that you care. This is not you didn't ask about any of this stuff. I really should just get a shrink and just tell them this stuff. But the point is this. I remember um, just getting our reviews. We get reviews every quarterly reviews, I think. And like I told you, they'd say, okay, time, you got to work on this and work on that. And this has generally been good. That's generally been good. So George and I, in a moment, we're going to discuss some stuff, including the uh, an unserious look at the Kennedy assassination. It's, not, it's a very little, small part of it. But... I was just thinking, if you're the guy who was in charge of that Secret Service unit that was around Kennedy that day, what did that review go look like Like a month later? Does a reviewer just, you know, you go wait in the conference room, does a reviewer just come in, his superior, and just kind of sit across from the table, across from you on the table, and just kind of look at you? <laughs> Well, I mean, what words can you say? Well, Al, I mean, your attendance was impeccable, and thanks for doing OT when we needed. There was a, a glaring issue, though, and I'm not sure that this has been brought to your attention uh, previously, but um, the president got shot uh, multiple times and died while you were supposed to be protecting him, and um, and we're going to have to mark that against you, I know. I can't imagine. Or maybe the guy just said, just don't do the review, sir. Just don't – I don't want to see it. I assume that – I assume that uh, he knew that 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 would be generally considered a demerit, I think, in that line of work when you lose uh, the the president. <sighs> it's an odd thing to try to make light of, but I think half my mind has left me anyway. <laughs> I hope you're doing all right. Thanks for all you guys listening. This is great. I really appreciate it. I'm having a blast. I'm going to get more guests. I I was I'm trying to get Noah Rothman on. I don't know if you know him. He's from Commentary Magazine. You should be listening to the Commentary podcast if you can. It's brilliant. 
once you listen to it, you'll realize where I steal half of my observations. But Noah Rothman is a, is a guy who wrote a book a couple of years ago, I think it was called Unruly, essentially about these Antifa kind of riot or, um, you know, woke protesters, generally white middle class weaklings. Um, I'm going to try to talk to him next week. And some more radio folks, I've been reaching out I've, with, um, I've gone back and forth with Jay Severin. Those of you who listen, who used to listen to 96.9 FM Talk in Boston would remember Jay. He was the big talk leader in town for, he and Howie were going back and forth for a few years. And uh, Jay's a great guy. He's a funny, funny guy. He's one of these guys who's funnier off the air. I always thought he was funny on the air too, but he's funnier off the air. And hopefully we'll speak to him soon. He's got another gig and he's got other obligations, but... But it was nice catching up anyway over DM. And, uh, oh, I want to talk to Howie, as a matter of fact. Howie's usually really good about uh, about uh, agreeing to have a conversation. Always has been, always always will be. It was, I'll tell you, when I got into radio at that front desk position, to see Howie Carr walk down the hall was like, oh, my God. And later got to know him and, uh, you know, do some work with him. And he's a good guy. Yeah, I hate to tell you, I wish I had some stories of people who are bad guys but how he's a good guy he's also i've also seen him and this is going to surprise some of you i've seen him in in uh involved in acts of generosity and i know that uh, the the they've had this greedy bastard uh thing about him some of you maybe are not not from this radio market and don't know who i'm talking about but he's a local guy i'm working on uh where my lips met that noise. I didn't know I was a person who did that kind of thing. I've always hated people who do that. Now I am that. That again, I also saw myself shirtless just minutes ago while in the shower, and I can't believe I'm that. But um, as we get older, sometimes we become things that we thought we wouldn't. I'm going to reverse this. I will not be a lip-smacking person. I'm working on this to be a better me. Ooh, I saw another deer today. It's been five days, five deers in a row. I I get the feeling this is like those old 3D paintings from the early 90s where you, you know it shows just a bunch of colors, then you keep looking, keep looking, keep looking, and then you can... Sometimes it takes weeks and months for you to be able to see anything, and then suddenly the thing you're looking at turns into an aquarium scene with uh, octopuses and, and uh, fish swimming and things like that. And then once you can see one, once your eye knows how to look, then you can see them all anywhere. And kind of like Gary Larson cartoons. Once... The first one becomes funny to you. The whole damn catalog becomes funny. So, what was I possibly talking about there? Oh, deer. That's right. Saw another deer today. I'm trying to... And I talked to... Well, George will talk about that, too, because I, I, I'm i trying to get the zoom lens for my uh, cell phone. Okay. So, this is the no-stress-have-fun edition of the Burn Barrel. It has been a great week. I'll check in tomorrow or Sunday. Maybe even both. Who knows? And um, so we'll commence the great George Capalbo. All right. Let me introduce everybody to George Capalbo. Now, yes. George Capalbo looms looms <laughs> la- large in my legend. In the shadows. Back when I was at the at the back when I was at the Herald. Hold on, George. Back when I was at the uh, Boston Herald for Herald Radio, he was the man behind all the technology that got us on the air. And, Correct. And uh, around the world. As it were, and then, um, it, and then George and I. It, he works for a company called Backbone Networks, and then George and I uh, started our own podcast called The Point of Things, which you can listen to right here on uh, iTunes. And where else are we, George? 
Uh, where else are we? We have a website, thepointofthings.com. We have uh, we Twitter. Even... We have Twitter. What is, no, I know. What is our no, Twitter? Uh, but uh, where what? else can they get the the audio? For the oh. point of things. Is it on Spotify? I, Isn't I, it? I know you did all that. So uh, that part I didn't do. I yeah. know we're in Google. We show up in Google Podcasts. We show up in Apple. And I think we're somewhere else. I think we're like Stitcher or something. Okay. You submitted it. But okay. we're, we're everywhere. Just go search your favorite directory. You'll find us. The point of things. Um, yeah, it's a, di- it's a different kind of show. It's more, it's more, you just check it out and see. <laughs> yeah. All right, George, like it. Yes, welcome sir. to Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel. And uh, I'm uh, thrilled to introduce you to this audience. It's a more political audience. It's all right. But like I said at the beginning of this podcast, we are, um, we're going to veer a little bit because it's, uh, it's been a long week. It's been a long 2020 and certainly the last couple of Months have been just bleeping crazy. Seems like so about George, eight months, doesn't it? The last couple of months seems like about eight months. Yes. So you're a tech uh, whiz, George. Yes, I am. And so I have a whole bunch of technical questions I need to ask you. And I am a <laughs> I am a layman in this in this world. And I am not. I do not know much. That's right. You did push. Uh, you did push a Macintosh. Macs on to, or I did. I, this is a Mac, right? Uh, Back when last I, time I, I checked, kicking and screaming away from Windows and. And now I've been using a Mac for years, and I I could never go back. I mean, I feel bad for people who use Windows. My wife just got a new <laughs> a new uh, thing that works on Windows, and it's it's much better than it was a couple of years ago. But oh, it's, Windows is still awful. It's still it's still it just kind of cheesy, yeah. But I got to tell you, I'm kind yeah. of I'm almost done with Macs. I'm very unhappy with Apple. So I, I, right, I've led you there. I have led you let's, in this direction, and now I'm going to abandon you on the on the, on the platform. All right, George, let's start there. What's going on with Macs? Well, Apple. all right, here's the story with Apple. They, they've always been this way. Matter of fact, when they were about to go out of business, they were this way. They're very mercurial about the things they do. They just make decisions and do them, and they don't really care what, whether you or other people think it's correct or not. They do it anyway. And so they're still like that now. And now they actually wield power and influence, and it disrupts things when they do these things. And, and for example, the latest one is the newest OS X, have you upgraded to 10.15 on your, uh, what is it called? Uh, I have a MacBook Air here. Yeah, don't upgrade it to 10.15. They, they basically, all your old applications that were built before, I don't know, a couple years ago, probably aren't going to work that well. And if there are any media apps and you're a media person, they mm-hmm. will cease to function because many things have been taken away. And uh, I, of dumb. course, will. Yeah, well, it's not. It's. I understand why they're doing it. So they've gone from. Uh, you ever heard the concept of 32-bit apps? Do you know what that means? Is no. your layman okay? No, so that I means how much? That means how much of your computer's memory they can address, and it's some number of gigabytes. Which back when computers were new, they said, well, no one will ever use more than like 100 megabytes. Or why would anybody use four megabytes of RAM? Now there's like 16, 32 gig. 64, 128, and 32-bit apps can't address all that. It's not as efficient. So the new standard is 64-bit apps, and they can address anything to some huge number we haven't gotten to yet. And someday I'm sure we will, and they'll change that. But they've dropped all the 32-bit apps. So if you have a 32-bit app, it just won't run. And if, it, and if they've taken away APIs from you, which they did as well, including the venerable the application programming interface, the venerable QuickTime is no more. Which was their oh. their their classic technology, which all my stuff is built on. So I am adapting, but uh, of course, <laughs> this happens a lot in software. The new stuff doesn't so work as well it? as the old stuff. So there's that's my that's my problem. 
in, in a nutshell. It is interesting, it's a George, long because I've this I've got this the Mac here. I have m- the one I had been using. I had upgraded and I had uh, I had done everything I was supposed to. But since I had upgraded everything. Um, stuff didn't work like it used to. This one that I have right now is essentially frozen in 2014. That's a good and, place to uh, be. You remember I got three. And right. Bo- two are broken now. Oh. And this is the third one. And so the things like soundboard work. Remember right. that? Yep. It, it, yeah. And uh, so it's this, this thing still works. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Unfortunately, I, I don't. You know, I, I assume it'll be destroyed because just got it from kids. So, so, so. In other words, these new apps require more, more gigs of memory, well, like I mean, RAM. I mean, that's, to work that's just progress. I mean, I'm I'm not really being a luddite here. I'm just sort of um, I'm I'm annoyed at, at having to upgrade all my apps. Okay, that may be the bottom line. It's about my convenience, right? No, it's not really not. I mean, I I think they should have left a path. I'm mainly concerned about the lack of software APIs and the stuff that's there not working. Okay, I wouldn't have a problem just going all. Matter of fact, some of my apps are 64-bit, but there's some stuff that wasn't compatible with it and they've just taken away that ability to be compatible so that's that's my beef more the lack of functionality compared to the previous generation than uh than now, is not. it possible that is it possible that apple has just let the let their laptop game just fade away as the iphone is everything well as a company correct ios is everything and really, the iPhone is everything. That's what the company's built on now. And they, they've managed to build a, a... They're now the biggest seller of watches in the world. They've, they're bigger than the whole Swiss watch industry, it's, which is pretty interesting. But many people but don't consider why? them watches. They consider them computers, and the design is ugly, and etc. So, It's funny you say that, George, because I have a Fitbit now. And my like daughter, it? the other day... He, Ask me for the. T- I guess so. Uh, not really, to be honest. I like the idea of it. Are people watching your stats? The time the other day. <laughs> no, my my daughter asked me for the time the other day, yes. and she and she touched my Fitbit and turned it to look for the time. And I'm like thinking, well, I haven't had to look at my wa- my wrist for the time since the 90s. It's like, why why do people need something on their wrist? Uh, Is it for all the? That's a good question. I I mean I I like I'm wearing a wristwatch right now. And I, I have a smartwatch. I don't have an Apple Watch. So, okay, so I, I left the Apple Fold as far as phones a while ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you remember when they, they took away Google Maps? This was maybe like seven or eight years ago. But it was enough of a long time that they did it that I couldn't get anywhere because the new the Apple Maps they replaced it with were just terrible. So I went to Android. In fact, when huh. I met you, you were on Android and on Windows, and now you're on all Mac, right? Because if you're on Mac... Right. It's, I mean... It's a nice, safe, easy ecosystem, and you just do what you're told, right? And everything works, and it's very simple. Okay, that's good, but, right, when, but they, per- when, they, when they decide things, you're done, you know? So I went to Android, and I love Android now. Hmm? Um, you mean for computers? Right, well, uh, no, no. For phones? For, for my phone. My phone is an Android. You saw my phone. I have, this, okay. I have this funky phone that, you know, I tend to do things that are kind of outliers. I have a really, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a failed product from Red. Red Digital Cinema, which is a great company, they actually, I mean, maybe 12 or 13 years ago, all movies were shot on film, and digital was sort of an experiment, like George Lucas was playing around with it for those Star Wars sequels, but it was very, you know, you had to know what you're doing. 
Well, RED came out with a $25,000 4K digital cinema camera, and the line was around the block at the first trade show they're at, and they revolutionized everything. And then all the other manufacturers who had been developing these things but didn't think they had a market for it yet, they were forced to do it. So now everything's digital. So RED is going to do a phone. And I went, man, this is like a great idea. And it's, it's 3D. You've seen this. It's 3D without glasses. And it really works. And it's really cool, except it was roundly panned, and I don't know why. It, this may be political. Hmm. This may be that it's not Apple. It's not, it was a threat to someone, and, you know, but they just said it's a, bad, it's a bad phone, it's an older processor, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was great from just a pure functionality standpoint, and I still have it. As a matter of fact, I had one of the first 300, and that died. And Now that it's a defunct product, you can buy the, was formerly like a $2,000 phone for 300 bucks. So I have a titanium hydrogen and everyone I show that feature to, wonderful. But that's a failed product. So the guy that, that created the company, Jim Gennard, he got sick. And he just says, I'm retiring and I'm closing on the phone business. I went, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 you can't hire someone to run it? And I guess it was like his personal pet project to do this. And there was supposed right. to be, mo- you were supposed to be able to bolt it onto your red camera or they were going to have a camera that bolted onto it and you could use your, you know, your nice uh, SLR lens on it. And it was supposed to be, it seemed like a really What's cool an thing. SLR lens? You know, like a, a, a big camera. Like uh, You said to me, bring my camera if we do this thing on the weekend, right? Uh, that's, I have like a big uh, SLR camera. It's digital. But uh, you could bolt oh, okay. that lens on your phone with this module. That stuff never happened. So it's a little sad, but I like being an early adopter. This is part of my personality. I like having things that no one else has. And uh, Okay, George. Yes. So, for instance, right. I've been taking these walks daily, and I've... I, I've been seeing deer, and I, I have this, I've noticed that first, yes. I saw one deer like eight days ago, and now I can't stop seeing deer. Every day I see deer now. You have, once you have the eye for deer, you just see them everywhere. I mean, are, you, so, are you really seeing them, or are you hallucinating? Is this uh, is like no, you, no, you stay in front of a bush, you blink, and then there's a deer there, and then they're gone. You know, you point to the window, and someone says, there's no deer. George, you're making light of my uh, my Animal Kingdom experience, <laughs> and I'm coming no. to you. I saw deer today, hand. actually, and it was, I almost took, I tried to take a photo of them. They were just wonderful. No, you are being being very rude to you on your own show. Mm-hmm. By the way, I love the logo of your new podcast. Who did that? Oh, good. They should be commended. That is that is my graphics design department. They're a floor below, George. Excellent. They one you, floor below. You Who can commend them. Larry King. Yes. One floor below, or was that? Uh, yeah. I think that's. Hey, so yeah, go ahead. So the problem is, of course, is that when I take these videos of the deer, right? The deer a hundred yards away or more. Uh-huh. When. It, when is a camera going to be able to zoom? Because it can't zoom without a lens, right? Well, your phone may I mean, zoom if you pinch. Right, and, but that's and not really zooming. No, it's just it's digitally it's cropping. It right. Well, that's what a right. lens is for. That's what a lens is for. You can get you can get these add-on telephoto lenses from like AliExpress China that that magnetically stick on the front of your on over your camera lens, and you suddenly got a zoom, and they they stick out. Oh, They're that's add-ons. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, they're not, it's like you're going to carry it around your pocket like that, right? Because you get this lens poking out of your pocket, you know, which could be just cause a whole bunch of other problems, right? But, um, you know, other than break your phone, but you can be, it can be done. It hmm, can be done. I'll and that, that was, so that was the promise. AliExpress. Alibaba. <laughs> Chinese, the pe- People's Republic of China's correct. official uh, yes, camera shop. Yes, it's Good. unfortunately one of the, or, or just go on Amazon and look for Zoom lenses. Well, I should do it before we're at war, I guess. Yeah, George. I think so. I think that's a distinct possibility that uh, you can get things <clears throat> before right, you go so, to war. So what's the coolest, if I was shopping for a computer today, Okay. where would you lead me? I'm a guy who's, I use mostly um, audio software. Right. 
and I usually have like 47 web pages open. That's about the extent of it. A little video here and there. Well, I mean, there, there's certainly, again, if you know what you're doing, a Windows machine, believe it or not, is going to be a better bang oh, for Christ, the buck. George, and I know, they're going to hate me. I got a Windows machine in I know, 2013, I, and it didn't yeah. make it through the year. No, I, you know, so there are different manufacturers. You buy one of the bigger manufacturers, they're, they're all good. Or you build your own tower. If you don't want a laptop, if you wanted to actually do serious video editing and things like my son, George. I don't know mm -hmm. where he is right now. He might he probably still he's probably still asleep. He has a a tricked out PC that we got him like four years ago, and it was maybe a thousand bucks, and it still works. Okay, I dropped two grand on a MacBook in February mm -hmm. when we were up in New Hampshire, and I was like, holy cow! And it's not a, you know hardly it's it's better it's a better machine than my the one I had previously, but it's not uh, outstanding specs. So. The, the other thing a Mac does, I'll tell you, here's, Mac, here's, here's really Apple's parlor trick. If you buy a Mac, you're actually buying the same piece of hardware, whether it's an iMac or a desktop or a tower. Maybe there's a slightly different processor, but essentially it's all the same motherboards and hardware. And that's how everything works so consistently because they tune it for the current generation of stuff. They have very few possibilities. Whereas Windows machines, there are 10, literally trillions of combinations of video and memory and bus and cpu and all that and it's amazing windows works at all well yeah well i don't want to hear my my machine starting to cough when i start to turn it on <laughs> and fans running and this and that and those days are over for me george i want something that's the word term you taught me solid state that solid state. i open and is going and this mac as well this mac is also made of metal which is a nice feeling yeah you know well, whereas I mean, uh I, it, for media people, pe media people still do do Macs. Although, like I said, this new OS update is making that a little sketchy at the moment. But uh, you know, however, I mean, you can buy this super tricked out iMac that's you know mega fast, all this stuff, but it's like ten thousand dollars. That's Jesus, the problem, George. right? You can in the minimum is like four Could grand. You, okay, well, well, tell me this: where there has to be some somewhere you can get hot computers. <laughs> there must be. There may have been a lot of that going on recently. Uh, you know, you might just go on, on Craigslist and find some stuff. I don't know. Well, there's okay. There's a place where you people, you're a big tech guy, All right, here, George, here, where you people I, go. I go to the MIT flea market, which, by the way, is still closed until August because of our horrible uh, science fiction pandemic, uh, you know, dystopian current present mm -hmm. that we're living in. But uh, that's where I'd go to buy some stuff. Well, okay, there's an, there is an off the, off the uh, market. This is, um, we, can, we can speak Ooh. in a low voice about this. I like this. There's a thing called a Hackintosh. Okay. Do you oh. know what that is? Oh. No, George. I'm listening. To all right. All right. So you, you go and buy this tricked out $1,000 PC, which is one-tenth the cost of, of a Mac, and you install Mac OS on it, and it runs like a Mac, and it's because it's Mac OS, uh. but it's not Mac hardware. So there's a so you have to know the right people. I could be one of them, but... Um, I've not done this myself. That may Ooh. be that may be a path for me at some point. But uh, you know, and then of course, Apple does everything in their power to stop that from happening. As a matter of fact, their latest yes. announcement is they're going to stop using Intel processors. So there's there's they're a certain start architecture. They're making their own CPUs, George. Correct. And so that means they'll they'll be locked down. Again. They'll be locked down. Then it, that's even lock it down even more. But oh, that, 
you know, the, everything's kind of moving toward an, an iOS time, kind of world. I think macOS is going to be called macOS, but it's going to act a lot more like iOS. Like you'll be able to run your Mac, your your iPhone apps on your computer. Okay, which so is that's good. It's not a bad thing. I do is that I do a Hackintosh, and, and we can make, make that essentially happen. make essentially McDowell's uh, from yeah. coming to America, which is a ripoff of McDonald's. All yeah. right, so that's how we get the, our new computer. Right for a phone, what is the best high performance phone out there? So I, I'm I'm really liking the Android world. I mean, obviously iPhones are still are still terrific if you want to live in that ecosystem. And I choose not to just because, like I said, they took away maps. Mm. I had no I had no recourse. There were people that had third party apps that kind of put a web page Google Map into it and it worked. The problem with the Apple Map, uh, do you, do you ever use the Apple Mapping software? Not really. No. No, because it's bad still. Right, eight years later. I was literally, I was on a trip somewhere, and this guy says to me, we're driving to pick up a crew, and he's saying, ah, let's go to the uh, Palomar Hotel. So I type it in, and we get there, and the Palomar Hotel is actually a mile and a half away. And he starts going off on me, like, geez, what kind of phone do you have? I said, using beta software, and it was, it was the maps, right? So I was, I was in a world of hurt. So I went to Android, which at first was very sketchy. Now, they're, you know, they're, they're roughly, they're, there's kind of an arms race between iPhones and Android phones. And you can find some really heavily tricked out Android phones that are super fast and uh, they're they're cheaper than an iPhone and they're kind of disposable almost and after a year or two you can get another one. Well I think all phones are like that now, right? Even I had iPhone. to leave Android, George. I know you my, did. my my job is a game of inches and it's too many times I needed to take pictures quickly with Android and I'd find myself just going into the wrong room and then the wrong sector and then the wrong continent in the on the machine, on the phone, essentially, it was like fingers aren't made for it or something. And I, I got very angry. I'm mad right now thinking about Android. It broke my heart, George. It broke my heart. I needed get, it's better get now. pictures of. It's better uh, now. My but, wife has one. I, I, every Android I see has a has a cracked uh, lens too. Well, that's because you drop uh, it. Whatever that's called. Yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. It's because you drop it. Don't sell them cases. that way. Yeah. No, I, they don't sell them that way. I mean, there is there is sort of a you know for some nerds there is a badge of cards you're having a cracked screen you know that's like uh, you know I'm I'm really making getting all I getting all the life out of this phone I can I try not to do that I have not cracked and of course I'll probably do it like right now after we're off the air but uh, I've not cracked a phone screen in a long time and if I do I'll hate you forever because I brought it up how's that but no it's uh, and there are cases and so stuff you can do so you're really saying Android there's no like third there's no like Linux no, phone so, or so no there isn't so well so Microsoft tried for a while to do their phone OS and they kind of gave up right and there's there's small things but really your choices oh. are are Android or or iOS and you're never going to have a terrible experience with iOS I'll have to say you know other than what I had and I think probably now you actually Google Maps are back but now I'm out so I'm out and I'm I'm loving, hmm. I'm loving the fact that there's always ten or twelve different weird phones you can find, that will run that run Android, and, and it just all kind of works. I have this. All right, remember? George. All right, go ahead. Are we done? What do you want? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, Say your story. No, all right. No, no. So, all right. Here's my story. So, uh, do you remember my tablet I had? I had this this cool tablet from Lenovo, which is a PC manufacturer, but it ran Android. It was an Android tablet, and it was called the Yoga Book, and it had a pen. It was kind of a weird. This is again. My personality. I could be this. Could, you could be my analyst. This tell me something. What does this mean about me? But this thing had a. You could take a pen and draw on a piece of paper, and it would make a digital copy of it, and then it would turn into a keyboard, and you could type on it. It was like a flat screen in Star Trek: The Next Generation. You know, it had okay, no moving yeah. keys and very thin. You flip it around, it's a tablet. And it ran Android, yes. and I loved that thing. <clears throat> that was really cool. And then of course they when they. <laughs> When they made the second one, they dropped Android. They only had Windows. So actually, I have a Windows version of it. 
And yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Windows is still clunky. It's better than it was. You don't hear of the million viruses because you looked at your computer with the one eye or something, right? But if you're running Windows, if you, the, your experience as a Windows user, maybe I'm being just a little hyperbolic here, which I, you know we I never do that, right? Is that when you open up your computer, you've got to install 5,000 updates every day, it seems, you know? So I don't know, but, it, but I have not had a problem. But I know people that have said, well, I, I'm okay. locked out of my computer and it's ransomware and it's encrypted my disk. So by the way, the rule for that is you always want to back up your computer with some service. Do you do backups of your machines? Um, I have Dropbox for like stuff, the pictures and stuff I have. I think I have iCloud, although I don't know if it's, I don't pay them or something or I get suspended. I don't know what it is. I, I do Not stuff, well, George. I do a thing called Backblaze, which is, uh, basically it in the background at night it, or when you're not using computer, it will upload on your net connection, a, a complete copy of your disc. So it's often a data center somewhere mm. where if, you know, the, the meteor lands on your house, you won't. Uh, I was on a trip once. I was actually like in the in the UK, and I couldn't get to my network for. I was there like a month and for like three weeks. And I'm thinking, okay, did my house? No, didn't burn down because other stuff was. You know, uh, people were. Uh, my neighbors said it didn't burn down. I couldn't get into the network, and I was like, ah, uh, maybe somebody broke in and stole everything. And do I have a backup of this? Well, I've got an Apple backup, but that's in the house. So that made me think about it. Turns out, <laughs> turns out Verizon had changed their billing system and they lost my credit card and they just shut off my service, right? So, oh, great. so it was, it was <laughs> really, nice. I was really annoyed because everything was fine. I had the right stuff. Mm. They just changed their own thing, you know? And so they gave me free service for a while. But that led me to think I need an offline backup. And so I used to think I'll backblaze. There was another one before mm. which went out of business, but... Uh, so I won't even mention the names. It's gone. Yeah. So I've um, on the last Mac that I was using, which my uh, kid spilled a drink on and ruined. Right. That had a bunch of stuff that wasn't backed up, including all Herald Radio sound imaging oh. and some of my. The, the, it's funny. I, I still have that, by the way. From a good, I have a theme song from music uh, from music I had made in the nineties, and I had like kind of remastered it, etc. And <laughs> Do, was, am I familiar with this song? <laughs> no, I, oh. it was going to be the theme song. Oh. Although that one that you have, I also don't have anymore. That was on that machine. Oh. So, so the theme song um, is gone. So I've had to use this new theme song for this podcast, which has gotten me uh, earned me the ire of many listeners, George. So you know, wait, do you I'm still have this computer? That, Can we harvest the disc yes. out of it and try to to? So yeah, when next time I don't you're, know how you, to harvest anything, I will harvest it. So this computer you is dead. You don't care if I open it up. I can. I can. No. I can get your disc out of the computer, no problem. You don't have to be an Apple Tista concierge or whatever no, they call do, them at the you, uh, Apple Store. Do you care to ever use the computer again? No, I. I no, well, what? Are you gonna melt it down, George? <laughs> Maybe. It might not go together again. Is my point? Yeah, if it's an Apple. Maybe if, we'll it's, you it's, know what? A, Maybe I'll make it. In, Maybe I'll make it into a Hackintosh. You could. Well, <laughs> you, we could just take out the guts and replace it. Now, you know. So here's the other thing they did. You know how Apple is into all these th really thin computers? What well, used to be? Yes. It used to be you could actually take it apart and add some memory to it and stuff. Now they solder it all on to make it thin. So when you buy a, a Mac now, you basically can't say, "Well, I'll get it with four gig of RAM, then upgrade it to thirty-two late." Nope, you gotta you gotta buy what you think is your max out because that's all you're ever gonna get. Yeah, they really are. Macs really are jerks. You know, just thinking about the phone, it's like, was life too good when I could simply just plug normal headphones into my Correct. phone? So, and they had to change it into that little thing. 
thing. It's well, Jesus. the notch. I also think that's, and I think the notch is. By the way, I think a lot of Apple's problems is Steve Jobs is dead. It wasn't so bad when he was alive. Okay, he was dead when they pulled out Maps. He would not have allowed that. That would have been a bad, to his mind, a bad user experience. All these bad things I've talked about have been since the passing of Steve Jobs. He, when it was his company, man, he knew what he was doing, and he gave you a good experience. And I had no no complaints at all. And then I did. But yeah, I, this, I, I, my it? phone is a headphone jack. Isn't that interesting? And um, and by the way, it has a universal port called USB-C, not the Apple Lightning connector. Here's the other thing Apple's did, and they did this during the Steve Jobs era. You buy it, the next generation of Macs would come out, your MacBooks, and they'd have like a different connector for the power. And now you don't. Right. Now they, well, so there was a big market and aftermarket converting it to you know whatever the new thing is. And then they were big on ports and dropping them and all that stuff. And they still do that kind of stuff. So that's sort of a Steve Jobs-like thing. They do it with less class than they did when he was alive. You know, he had good reason. Like, he, he would do things like USB. No one's using USB. Well, I think this is a good idea. And he added it on. And, no, and then suddenly everything is USB. And it was all serial ports. He brought it. He pushed mm -hmm. it forward. As opposed to, let's just drop the ports that everyone uses and change them to something that's incompatible. So... Yeah, lightning connectors, that's another thing. So, but yeah, uh, my, so my phone has USB-C, which many phones do, and that is a, uh, you know, a standard, and many things connect to it. So it's pretty cool. <clears throat> George, you may have noticed that one shiny bright spot in the last couple of months was the SpaceX launch of the rocket ship, the Gran Grenadine. What was it? Uh, the, the, crew, the, <laughs> the Crew Dragon. <laughs> so and the launch went well and it went up and they, they hung around the space station i think right they're still that's there they, are they in the, they're still is there? that the russian space station no 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 the, forever no 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 that that's soyuz that thing burned up like okay 20 years ago that baby's gone this is the international space station which does have a russian component it is it is sort of a, a partially russian right. thing but it's not a russian space station and okay, the crew so dragon is space there station Right, and so, but then the rest of it just like landed and landed on a platform, unbelievable, <laughs> which is really cool, nice and neat, which is incredible. It's like the, you, know, you only see it in cartoons. No, it's true. So, or the fifties, fifty sci-fi movies. As, as anybody, any sensible human would know, space is very disappointing, George, and not much cool has happened. There's not. There's probably no life out there. There's nobody. Nobody, we don't, if people have visited us, we don't really, we haven't really documented them. We don't have an example of one or well, we haven't stuffed one into a museum yet. So, <coughs> Jordan, I need you to, you're There's some weird guy. stuff going on. There's some weird stuff going on right now. Did you see this latest thing where senators are asking the, the DOD to release a public report about these unidentified aerial phenomena that they were freaked out by their briefings? What's up with that? Uh, and by the way, there was a, a drop on a Friday. You know, Friday, this is a political show. So on a Friday, that's when you drop bad news, right? So no one notices. You sent out that report, mm -hmm. which indicates that yes. ind indicts uh, whatever people for doing <laughs> horrible things. All right. They announced the, yeah, those three videos that were circulating of uh, Air Force encounters or sorry, their Navy encounters with unidentified aerial phenomenon that went from 70,000 feet to five feet over the water instantaneously and could accelerate and do square turns. And the pilot said, I want to fly one. Okay. They said, oh, yeah, those videos were real. Yeah, we don't know what they are. I was like, what? And that's in the, in the, the burn of all the horrible news. This is the burn barrel, right? Uh, that was sort of lost mm -hmm. over. And that 
kind of blew my mind. I told you my UFO story, which weirded me out because I was not a, I am not a believer. I think I think somewhere there's got to be something in the in the let's get cosmic in the the vastness of the universe. There's something. There's some other. There's two yeah. other guys doing a podcast right now, but they look really weird compared to us, right? So George, uh, here's the problem, and I, I think somebody had said that some uh, maybe the Hubble or something had picked something up on Jupiter that they thought could be like algae or something. It's like I, I don't want to have to have a uh, you know a, a talk a with a piece of algae summit with with algae. <laughs> yeah, they probably don't care. So. If, if it's something like that. And the other problem is that you can't get to anything in space. It takes too it long. It does take a while. I mean, it takes 10 minutes to get to the moon, but it, it takes... Like two days. What's the, near, what's the next closest planet? Uh, that would be... Probably Venus is closer than Mars. And how long does it take to get to Venus? Oh, like months. If we gun it. If months. Months. Okay. How many months? Uh, months. months no, or could, six months? We could figure it out. But there have been probes landed on. And, of course, the problem is if you get to Venus, it's 800 degrees. The air pressure is, uh, you know, is, is impossible. And it's there's no oxygen. It's <clears throat> methane. So you basically just burn to death in the dark, right? And great. So, you know, That's a really great planet. Where's not the, a place to George, go. Where's the, where's the first good planet? Well, it seems like there's a lot of interest in going to Mars right now, and which which is cold has a thin, not, not really breathable atmosphere, but a, a, a you know, mm -hmm. close to uh, Earth's pressure, gravity similar. And there are people who want to go live on Mars. And I think his first one's going to be kind of a, it's not going to be like, you know, Neil Armstrong went to the moon, then he's back a week later and there's a, there's a big parade. This is going to be like you stay. Maybe the first ones will, will well, at least at first. How far away back. is that about, do you know? That's months. Okay. All right. Do you want to go off, want to go off on a tangent? So I want to know how 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 far away from us in miles is Mars? Do you know? Uh, we could find that out. Let's see. Uh, it's 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 tens of millions of miles. Uh, let's see distance. Well, it seems to me, George, um, it's seventy eight point nine four three million miles. So it's seventy nine million miles. Se away. It's seventy eight million miles away. Seventy eight. Okay. Point nine four three million miles away, which is a long time just for a radio signal. It's like eight or ten minutes or something. So. Yours is 78.942? 78.942 to be Mr. Spock. I just looked this up. The minimum Mine distance. Mine says 78.943. I wonder if, am I closer? Uh, well, so. <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah, I'm Yeah, you're in the North Shore. You're in the North Shore, so you're, yeah, you're a little further away in the North Shore than you are here. The minimum distance right. could be 33.9 million miles. You remember, they're both orbiting the sun, and if we're on opposite sides of the sun, it's a long way. Okay. Uh, okay, George. So, how many miles per hour are we going when we get, have a pedal to the metal in that thing? Yeah, like very slow, ten, you know, tens of thousands of uh, miles an hour, not fast. Okay. okay. What if? What if warp well, drive was possible? If it's Star Trek warp is it drive. Possible? Well, there's some people who think it is. They haven't figured out how to do it yet, but they've oh, come, warp they drive, have theory. Just drive in there without warp drive and a good clip in our rocket ship. It's months. It, it would take months. It's months. Okay. To go anywhere. Because it's... Okay. All right. So then that we have this just... problem with Einstein, okay? Which, been, which is basically, this has been proven. You can't go faster than the speed of light. The reason nothing goes faster is your mass increases exponentially. And you can't put enough power into your rocket ship to go any faster. And then also, time slows down for you. For you, it seems like a minute is is like 100,000 years on Earth. It's like that science fiction movie. Remember with Charlton Heston? They blew it all up, right? He comes back to Earth and it's all changed. Planet of the Apes? Planet of the Apes. 
right? That was that was because George, of light George, speed. Hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. You describe Planet of the Apes as the science music, science fiction, fiction. movie with Charlton Heston, where he says they, they blew, blew it all up, up right. and then he returns back to Earth no, and no. everything's changed. He been, and you he leave came out back the to apes. Earth. I. Well, all right. So yeah. So what happens is he goes in his no, that's light a, ship. A, no, no, I'll get on. to the this apes. Is a psychological thing. No, no, no. It's nothing. How to do with, is that not one of the first with, things that you said to describe it? No, but I'm talking about warp drive. Yeah, Planet of the Apes. Like, okay, I forget the name of the movie. I just remember mm. the the him blowing it off. Interesting how the, how we just backed into that movie. Very right, interesting. Okay, all right. Well, all right. What's the story of that? He has a, a a spaceship that can go to the speed of light, or you know, and and so he goes somewhere and comes back. And crashes on they think is not not the Earth is some other planet. Well, it turns out they went fast it, near the speed of light. Their time was slow. Time went by in the Earth, and in the meantime, uh, you know, chimpanzees had become domesticated and became intelligent, and then took over. Humans were were domesticated by the by the apes, right? Sort of a reversal of fortune. Mm-hmm. And but the point I'm making is <laughs> that's a different different show, isn't it? The point uh, that's a different thing. Well, you should track that one out. The point of things. Is that if you go faster than the speed of light or close to the speed of light, you're, you're gonna everyone you know is gonna be dead for forever when you come back, and it still took you a long time to get there, where you're going. So, what if you could do warp drive? This is where I'm going. With Isn't this. that what happened at Buck Rogers? Maybe, maybe. I think it is. I so, think he got. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he right. He ends up really in the important. future, right? Like he's from the 30s, and he ends up in in the the. 2300s, right? And they made him right. With, uh, yeah, okay. With Aaron Gray, which was a good thing. It was just good. I was thinking of the original one, in black and white. What was his name? Buster Crab. He used to do. He used to do commercials for some kind of ointment that you put on your back when it hurts. Mm, Jesus, right? I don't know. What it was the. It was near the end. Jesus, but he was like, dark, George. Yeah, it got, it's really dark. <laughs> okay, so there's a there's a theoretical physicist named Alcabieri, Miguel Alcabieri, and his theory is okay. You can't make your ship go go faster than light but you can make time go faster you can you can basically create a bubble around your ship and your your ship is inside the bubble not moving and you make the bubble move along it, it faster than light and that works they haven't disproved it they haven't built it yet but they they they're working on figuring out a way to do it in some small way well but <coughs> then it I literally would the be has to be but bigger I, the, than your the bubble ship. has to be propelled Right. Well, you propel the bubble, and the bubble has no mass, so it can't expand its mass because it's a it's a bubble of time and space. So you, oh, it's Jesus literally Christ, warping George. time and space. How do we space. build one of those? They don't know yet, but they they, they it's on well, paper. That's great. It's Tell on paper. Albert Alcabieri. Thanks, but no. That'd be cool. though. all right. So let me ask this question: Would you go? You people. I guess you would. No, I'm not going anywhere. I'm. I don't trust. I don't trust the, to the theoretical bubble ride, George. I don't. I don't. There's. I would have to. You come out. This is very much elongated conceptual. or stressed or you stretch people, or something. You people. This is. It's. It's you people. The techie, geeky, spacey kind of people who you get yourself all excited about the, you know, super collider and when's that coming? By the way, uh, that one. That one they're doing. And there's another thing too, like the super collider, like the the hydrozonk or something, right? <laughs> there's all sorts of stuff. Isn't... So the super collider is a big ring underground. Yes, and you, and... S- you smash particles uh, together to to find strange particles that don't don't exist naturally in nature. That you try to make them, 
and they're, they're trying to understand weird physics. Supposedly, there were some people thought the first time they switched this on, the Earth would disappear into a black hole and we just would be all dead. But it didn't happen. So it's okay. <laughs> okay. And the Super Collider. So we're just going to, it's just a sandbox where you just yeah. mess with stuff. You just, just mess with see stuff. what happens. Right. It's like, okay, now that could be fun, I guess, right? Yeah, that's fun. I mean, <clears throat> that's, they're actually spending piles of money. Those, those are really expensive. Those are billions and millions of dollars where the Alcabieri thing is just like guys with, with you know, with notepads, right? They're, they're just talking yeah, about those it. guys we don't like. We like yeah. doers. You like doers. Uh, my friend, uh, my friend Elon Musk. Is a doer. Yeah. Hey, so you know, George, and I bet you did know this, that um, that when they first tested the A-bomb, they weren't sure if it was going to just destroy it. Yeah, the that's Earth. true. Yep. That's isn't correct. That, isn't that a bit of a roll of the dice, would you say? Well, I think their, you know, I think their, math, lines, their math said E equals MC squared, and they knew how much matter they had, and they knew if they, if they got it to to go off how you know what the maximum was but there were people said well that could just ignite the atmosphere on fire and we'd all just die can is the atmosphere flammable well they some people thought it was is it not no apparently not apparently it's not because it didn't happen <laughs> so i mean there mm -hmm. were obviously other bad effects of lighting off letting off nukes outdoors Right? Just, I radiation. Just receiving end of a nuclear physicist jab. I recognize that <laughs> attack, George. So, All by right. the way, I, I went to a time travelers convention once. Do you remember this? This was like... Uh, was it packed with ladies? There were some, actually. Yeah. No, uh, it, was, it was it was there were all these cool nerdy ladies. It was this was in May. It was actually it was on my birthday in May. And it was like... When was it? Oh, it was maybe like 2007, quite a while ago. Well, so they announced this thing, and it goes viral. There was sort of an internet then, and it actually got yeah. mentioned on Saturday Night Live, you know, and they basically said no one went because they knew that, that you know, it sucked, right? Because they, they'd already been there, right? <laughs> so, so they literally had this thing set up, and they had, like, delegates from the thousand, one, year 1,500. Oh, you're kidding me. No, they were invited... Were they play acting, or did they, no, were they, they claiming they were delegates? This is what they did. <laughs> They went and printed yeah, up. That's great. They went and printed up notices for it, right? And they went and stuck it in books in the libraries and, and MIT and Harvard and all over Boston, all these colleges, and the and they publicized, got put in newspapers. Okay, it was, this was a worldwide story, and the thought was, okay, in a thousand years, someone's going to read this, or ten thousand years, whenever they have time travel, they'll see this and go, oh, we should go, right? Ooh, and that is brilliant. It was brilliant, and it was like, oh my. It was like the coolest. It was like the I have the T-shirt, by the way. So I signed up that for it. Brilliant. I you know I have this little uh, I I have a uh, a little MIT nerd club. We can't go there now because it's closed. But we do handheld computing. Uh, yeah, when we open that up again, you should come out to this. You'll you might enjoy it. If more than you'd be you would double the attendance maybe lately. But uh, that's another <laughs> story. Anyway, so a bunch of us went to that and we we RSVP'd early and then it was sold out. And there were literally like a thousand people in other places on campus, and we we were in the main room. So what do they do? They're running like all the Bugs Bunny cartoons that are that are you know sort of uh, you know about science fiction and time. There's one where he's time traveling. They, all that stuff was cool. And then every MIT professor came out that's some physicist, and they talked about why you can't do time travel. They talked about all the theories of it. And this one guy, he comes out and he gives a speech. And he does a handstand. He does like a, a handstand on the stage and rolls over and stands up and then talks. And then 
walks out uh, behind the stage when he's done and then immediately walks in from the other side. It's him. And, and like repeats himself exactly what he did at the beginning. Comes in, does the handstand and starts giving a speech and it completely freaked everybody out. Of course, it was a twin brother, right? <laughs> but it was like he created a time warp. So the idea was, you know, someone's going to show up and they're a time traveler. No one, <laughs> no one admitted to it. But there was this one person that used to show up at our meetings, and she's really strange. She'd show up at the oddest times. She knows the Dalai Lama, and she would always be at every event. She wasn't there, so her name was Mary. She Interesting. Was, yeah. So that's that was the only thing. Oh, I've got motion at my front door. I apologize for that for recording. That's that. okay. You have to get it. No, I don't have to get anything. You want? Are you done with me? Or so, okay, I can go for second, hours. George, Let's keep I'm going. I'm not done with you. Good. So wait a second. All right, time traveler convention. So so, but. If the person you were at that convention, right? If a person from the future then goes back to that convention and says, "Hey, I'm from the future," and shakes everybody's hand and meets you, etc., you this you is already here, and that person wasn't at the convention. Correct. Well, they were. They went back and they were there. Okay, this is the dilemma with time travel right. when you change something and right. what happens. Right. So all, all well, the I don't know. possible I, theories, all the possible theories say it's not possible other than you can go forward in time by going as close to the speed of light as possible. If we had a ship that could go that fast, because then but there's a one way trip. Right. Because your time would slow down. You wouldn't age, but you'd be in the future. You just can't go back. So the trick is going the bit going back part where, you know, you I don't know, you stop someone from breaking their arm in a baseball game or you save Lincoln or something. Right. Mm -hmm. or you shoot Hitler or something, right? Those, that's every bad yes. time travel movie is based on that. That, that according to all the stuff, it wasn't possible. There was like some stuff, if you had a wormhole that you could rotate and you might be, but you need all the energy in the universe to make it happen. So that's, and that guy would just, it was very depressing. So, so at midnight, they set up like a roped off area. This was in the East campus of MIT where all the kind of, you know, odd people hang out, right? Which are my friends. And, uh, and they had lights, flashing lights, and and smoke, and then no one showed up. But out in front, they had a DeLorean parked outside. It was raining. That was pretty cool. And then there were bands, and the bands were good. And they all did. They had all kind of written. They were like local bands that had written some time travel song, and it was actually a good time. Yeah. And it did make you think. So you're you're having the same reaction I have. This is a really cool idea. So, yeah. So if if let's say you and I build a time machine in the next thirty years, whatever we got left, right, we could go back mm -hmm. to this convention. That's the Isn't thing. this what Bill and Ted are doing? That's essentially Bill and Ted. But they didn't go to a and convention. They're coming back. They are I, Bill and Ted I don't are like, coming back. I do not like Keanu Reeves. Uh, you know, looking the seventy-five now, George. He looks older, but he's he's had looks, a lot of, he looks all right. Well, he's had a lot of work done. I don't. Like I have that. no Just, idea. The other guy looks like he always looked. The other guy, man, it's interesting how yeah. people loved him. Even into the 90s when he was not doing anything anymore, he was just grandfathered into Gen X culture forever. People love him, but I, I always thought he's not the greatest actor in the world. No offense. People that love Keanu Reeves, I'm sorry, but I, just, I, don't, I don't dislike him. Well, I mean, I'm I love the, the Matrix. Guy, but... I did a Matrix parody that was online for a while. You've never seen this, right? have you? I have to show that to you. Uh, I have a DVD of it. I don't know if it's Blu-ray. It was before Blu-ray, but... Uh... Yeah, I was into The Matrix in a big way. I thought movie that was a really cool movie. The first one, the, the second two were terrible. The third one, oh god, are horrible. It's like there's no did one to watch I, them. Did you know that I they're making a new one? Reeves? You did, George. All right, what was he like? Is he a good guy? Everyone says he's a good guy. He was. He was a. He did a total impression of Keanu Reeves. It was very interesting. <laughs> he walked in. I was working at a hotel at the front desk. My girlfriend was working at the front desk with me, and. 
his band was coming in. This is like 96 or so. Yeah. Uh, the Dog Star or something like before that. Before The Matrix. was coming in. After well, Bill and Ted, before The Matrix. He at the time. He might have been. He was, he was probably filming The Matrix at the time, at the time because it was out like the next year. Um, so, but he was world famous right. by then already. He was. And, and... The band all walks in, you know, one but it's one, and then like the third guy walking in is Keanu Reeves, um, and they were, you know, they were trying to be a legit band, so it wasn't a huge entourage or anything. It was, you know, just the, the musicians really. And he comes to the front desk and he's like, uh, "I'll check it in," and like, like <laughs> that's a pretty good impression of there yourself. Reeves. That sounded <laughs> well, that like came a- out pretty good, yeah. yeah, it did. And um, and uh, she said. Um, uh, my girlfriend was checking him in, and, and she said, uh, "Oh, I, yes, here I have. Here is your, um, you know, registration card to to sign, uh, sir." And she's trying; she's nervous to say his names, and he's like, "Oh, thanks." And and she gives him she gives him the credit card, and the credit card says, "It's an American Express." It says Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave home without it. Weird. And back then, we had the mar- the machine that imprinted it. You know, so right. obviously, I I stole one of the imprints and gave it to some, a fan of his, not of the number, just of his. Yeah, name. I was gonna say you, yeah, I mean, that would signature. be big trouble. Yeah, yeah, his signature was on it too. So so she was thrilled. Autograph. It's just a carbon. Co- Right and and uh, you could probably sell that on eBay said, now for like and, thousands of dollars. Well, I don't have it anymore. No. I gave it, like I said, I gave it away because okay. I was a nice guy. You're a nice George, guy. You, you are know? a nice not guy. Not everything is not everything is meant for the black market, George. So <laughs> good. Um, so my my girl girlfriend at the front of the, she was so starstruck and enamored and in love with him. I think at the moment there you go that she she had a note. A note came up on the computer that said um, he had a FedEx, and she's like. Uh, uh, oh, Mr. Reeves, uh, you have a uh, FedEx here? And he says, like, um, something like, uh, can you just hold it there, and then I'll, I'll get it when we come back. And she said, uh, uh, um, okay. And she went and grabbed the FedEx and handed it to him. And he said, oh, um, can you um, can you just hold on to it? And she said, oh, okay. She wasn't hearing anything you said. She was so enamored. <laughs> she was just him. kind of, like, looking into his and, eyes. Yes, and and then he was a nice guy. And I think I gave him his key or something because she was frozen. And, and, and he was just trying to – he was a he was a nice guy. So and then um, a couple days later, I had to work an overnight shift yeah. um, at, at the front desk. And we started getting noise complaints from a near Keanu's suite. Oh. And – Was oh, this yeah. your girlfriend? Was she involved? Jeez. No, you know, Jesus. come to think of it, George. Come to think of it. She could go missing for two days. Aha! But, uh... See, we could go check I, that out with a time machine, right? This would be great, Tom. Well, we could, you know, all these things in your life... I would... We could... You know, I need I need a buddy to go with me, because I'd get probably too upset at some of it, so I want someone that's not connected to it to keep the other guy sane. So that's what we do. We go on the time travel tour of all this crap so that happens and try to fix it. Ooh, keep going. I, I don't know that I'd, I would use it for. I would like sneak into Fenway Park in 1984 and, and you know steal yeah. the nacho cheese. Um, <laughs> Go, keep going. So this is um. So there's noise so complaints near Keanu's suite. Noise complaints. My guy, my the front office manager who I'm working next to, mm-hmm. calls up to the room, and this woman answers the phone. It's a young lady, and there's an absolute raging party. You can hear behind her. There's all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah. And she said, and he's like, I'm sorry, we've had a noise complaint. We're going to have to ask you to keep it down. If there's extra people, please have them leave the room or whatever. And, and, and then she called, the, and, and she said, oh, okay. And then this, it was something like he had to call a couple of times. And then she eventually either called or came down and 
talked to him. This guy's name is Matt. He's a, he's a great guy. She said, oh, you, by the way, you know, we're just having a really good time up there. There's guys um, and there's uh, there's a bunch of guys and there's a bunch of girls. And, you know, and you can come up. Why don't you come up? We'll have a good time. And, and oh. she said something like, she said something like, um, you know, they're inviting this guy to come up to have a good time. I assume in many different ways. <laughs> and, and, and she said. Movie uh, and rock star. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. She says something like, it doesn't matter if you like like girls or guys, or if you're straight or if you're gay, and if you like guys, Keanu's kind of into that. Whoa! So, so, That's whoa. like news. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I've subsequently had heard that again and, you know, again from a couple... Um, but I don't know if that's true or if she was just say, I, I know that it was said. I don't know what Keanu's into, whatever. You know, maybe maybe they're, maybe they're trying to make her not go, right? Make, so basically tell us all the stuff that might make you uncomfortable. So I don't think I'm going to go to that. So they keep you out. Than, oh, uh, well, you know? I mean, they were maybe. trying to silence us to, right. so, that the, so that we wouldn't call the cops. Whatever you're into, we'll like, help you. You know, so, exactly. so we keep making noise. So... <clears throat> So um, anyway, that yes. was it. He was a he was a nice guy. He was a nice guy. By all accounts, he is. I also met um, who are they? Um, uh, don't go chasing waterfalls. Um, uh, come on, is it TLC? I think it's it's TLC, right? This may be my not my generation. Left eye Lopez, you oh, Gen I Xers, know, George, but waterfalls. Are you Z, TLC, wait? Are you Z or X? Now, what are your X? X. Right, your X. Okay. Um, yes. Um, and they were also very sweet. And I'm going to try to see, see any other musicians. Dave Mustaine was an okay guy. He okay. played a practical <clears throat> joke because I overpaid him change. Oh. Um, so he wasn't bad. We had David Lee Roth in there. And, and he must people, have been a oh, lot yeah, of fun. He, he looks like he was a lot of fun, David Lee Roth. So he took care of a lot of people and like gave them all sorts of passes and stuff to go and be yeah, backstage I could see with them. Yeah. So that was, uh, so that was pretty cool. You know yeah, who we had, who I didn't appreciate then, was um, was Alan Parsons' project. Alan Parsons, really? The guy who, yeah. So Alan Would Parsons was, was, was not cool. No, no, yeah, I think he was cool. Oh, you know who else was there? was the guys from Cheap Trick, and they were very cool. I, I, most of the bands were pretty cool. Except there was this, well, I, um, yeah, yeah, I can't actually think of anybody who, not bands who were jerks. There were certainly... <laughs> There were certainly some actors who were not excellent. Mm. Um, some of the, some of the actors just like to have a couple of beers and would get. They don't. What I found was this: from working at this hotel, actors don't like it when the bar closes. Yeah, I can and, see that. Right. So they're all great up until that point, but um, they get angry when the bar closes. So you know, and especially. So we had Cliff from Cheers. Oh, nice! And this is a guy. Oh, wait, was who that got, was that during the uh, the the uh, last night of Cheers when they were all in Boston? No, this is after that, but it's just oh. a couple of years after that. Uh, but you know, this is a guy who had been treated very well around Boston. I would imagine so. For, yeah, because everybody right. liked Cliff. Yeah, right? they did. And uh, <laughs> well, what's he really like? <laughs> it was time. It was time for Cliff to go at some point, and Cliff didn't want to go, and so he made a little bit of a deal of it. I think he just had a bad night. I think Ratzenberger's probably good. I think I've spoken to him, but no. Yeah. But um, I, I've sort of uh, met him. Yeah. I, Mike. So my company at the time, we did hardware for the last night of Cheers on the Tonight Show from the Cheers bar. They did oh, cool. it live. Was it 94? Yeah, was it was 94. 94 yeah, it was like 94. I think it was like 94. 
And so, so of course, no, that's a as TV. It turns sh- out that was a, as it turns out that was an operating bar, George. Correct, it was. And there was there were beers happening. Well, okay, so this is a show about people drinking, right? But no one ever really got that drunk. Well, the Tonight Show went live at eleven thirty. The party started about seven, and there were many beers and alcoholic beverages mm-hmm. consumed, and the entire cast was hammered when they went in the air, and except for Jay Leno, <laughs> and. They were completely like freaked out by the whole thing after the you know the thing is over, and then it turns out they had the best ratings ever, so it was okay. Right, the next day, that's all fine. But I saw Woody Harrelson almost got into a fight with a guy in the alley behind because I'm waiting for them all to go so I can get the equipment and leave. And I'm watching all these guys. So Kelsey Grammer grabbed Woody Harrelson when he jumped over the top of his limo to get into a fight with someone and pulled him back in, threw him in the car. <laughs> So I'm surprised Kelsey was in any shape at that point. He was he was he was pretty toasted himself, but he he didn't yeah, he's not a fighter <laughs> look like. He was like, you know, it was a good time. I don't remember Kate uh, uh Kate um what's her name at that point? The second love interest. I don't Allie. think she was there. Was, yeah, I, I know I I can visualize her. I don't she was in a Star Trek movie first, right? Then she did Yes, she was. Right? Uh, she was a, the a Wrath Vulcan. Of Khan, I think. The Wrath of Khan, right? She was a Vulcan. Yes. Kirstie Alley, thank you. Kirstie Alley. I don't believe she was yeah. there. Ted Danson yeah, was definitely I mean, was, there, and definitely Woody was yeah. there, and he was having a good time. Yep. Yeah. George Went was there. George Went was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Carla, she was there. Yeah, we like her. Yeah, and no, she was. She, she was. Rhea Perlman. Rhea Perlman was was seemed hammered to me, as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why hey, not? You know. So that's that's the story. But it was it was an interesting. So do you experience. remember when we talked? <laughs> I would. I like the idea of rap parties where uh, where people get out of out of hand. Oh, we had a. Oh man, I, I've been to two parties when I worked at a at the hotel where where guys got so blind drunk that they were never seen again. Whoa. Um, like yeah, were they dead or they just after, just they just no, never they were, came back? They hit on somebody, blacked out, found out about either were fired or just left out of embarrassment. <laughs> oh man! I thankfully I wasn't one of them. I did have yeah. a bad night at one though. Everybody does. Was, oh man, it's good to not be you know twenty two, George. It's uh, it's bad to not be twenty two. It's also good to not be twenty two. You know, waking up with the horror of you know horror of. Slowly, uh, recollections seeping back into your mind after blackout drunk time is is an anxiety I don't miss what, from being that what, age. What's the classic thing? You would like to be 22, but have all the knowledge you have at whatever your current advanced age is, and then that's because yes. then you've got you've got the equipment, right? You're young again. Everything's good. You're not falling apart. You know the knees are good. It's all fine. You got a run, got a lot of runway, and you know everything you did. So <laughs> yes. At the same time, when you're 22, I mean, for me, anyway, I don't know about you, but I was also, you know, you're single in 22, so I, I, was, I was insecure, certainly with insecure with women. I had no real career, so I had no real me to talk about, so I'd have to make up a fake me. I had little <laughs> things like, if I if I needed a haircut and I was two days late, I'd be worried that I wasn't looking great, and you're worried about your breath and stuff. Like, yeah. I would never care about any of that. Well, I'm married, too, but... You know, now you don't care at all, right? So. At 22, you sweat the small stuff big time. Yeah. Now I, I walk around in in like flip flops and black socks, and I'm like pasty white, and a t-shirt that shows my fat. You know, that's that tight. Like and headphones, and I can imagine. But you own it. Like 19. You own it. Yeah, but so at this point, who cares? It's cool, right? Yes. 
I already that part of the game. I'm out of I'm out of the fourth grade. I don't have to worry about what fourth graders think about me anymore. You know, I'm in the same mode yeah. where I I really I I realize that no one really cares what you're up to. Really, no one really cares that you're doing specific. You might as well just enjoy yourself and do whatever the heck you want to do in your life if you can. And you know, that's not killing someone. You know, being you know not illegal, but you know, do the job you want. Do the do the hobby you want. Do with all the stuff. Just do it. You know, don't worry about it. All right, George, you have one trip to take in your time machine to go backwards. Where do you go to? Boy, where would I go? <laughs> Actually, I always thought I'd always go back. Do you remember there was a, a store called Spags in Shrewsbury, Mass? <laughs> Yes, I used to have the, the best guy, time. Yeah. yeah, the old guy. The 10 gallon hat. His wife was actually the brains of the operation. But they made, they mm -hmm. were like a big box store, but they would buy train car loads of things back in the 60s when no one else did. And they made a fortune. They had, the, they had a private jet. They, it was like, they lived a good, a good life. My favorite time when I was a kid was like going with my dad to Spags on like a Saturday afternoon and just. It's buying stuff. There was like stuff in the aisles you didn't expect. It was like a flea market, except it was a store. And it would probably violate every fire law in, in the country now because things were there. If I had a time machine, I'd have like a hundred bucks and I'd go back to Spags for an afternoon. <laughs> it's kind of simple. I now I want to go to the going, time travel. Going, now I want to do the time travel tour. To we're going to the convention. Market, George. We're going to the convention. We're going to the time travel convention. Changed history and and like uh, jumped in front of JFK's uh, limo, but no, you're going to Spags. Have you gone? By the My way, have you God, gone to Dealey Plaza? Have you gone to Dealey Plaza? I've been no. there. No, I've been there. It's really, it's really, it's creepy. I went to a trade show in Dallas like many years ago, and I was, I realized I'm like three blocks from Dealey Plaza, and they have a museum, mm -hmm. the sixth floor, right in the sixth floor, right. And you got to go through a metal detector to go in, take the elevator up, because they probably figure some guy's going to show up with a rifle and start shooting things that's messed up, right? And didn't, but it was really creepy. It was really creepy to be there. And it was it was all real in 3D, and it just took you back to that experience. There's bad. I don't know. I mean, um, yeah, you you could have gone back and just uh, what would you have done? Would you gone to the sixth floor and fought and shot it out with Lee Harvey Oswald, or would you found? Would well, you, I know you could have spooked the limit the limo probably. Yeah, you could have like run in front of it and it would stop, and they had to arrest you and turn or something. It wouldn't oh, take then much. You'd, and then you'd be saying, a no, mirror. there's an assassin in the building, and they'd say, this guy's a psychotic. No, you know what you need? No, no. Tom, this is what we do. All right, so we'll put this on the tour. This is part of the time travel tour. We'll get a big mirror, okay? And you're going to stand on the other side of the street and flash the sun right into that window because you're going to know where he is and blind him so he can't get the shot off. That's all you need to do. And then the mirror gets in his eye, and then he jumps down to the fifth floor to a different window, yeah, and then he's takes gone. out Jackie, the governor, the governor's he's wife, at the and Kennedy. He's at the airport by then. Because of you and then. your mirror. You and your mirror <laughs> yeah. had to get involved, George. Something worse would happen, right? Then actually, they did have another you know? Cuban Missile Crisis, and it all blew up, or something, right? Exactly. Who knows? You don't know. That's a lesson. A mirror, lesson learned. George. That's a very hands-off technique. No, but that, so you don't have to go, all right, so I don't have to go up there and get possibly killed myself. If I'm dead in my time machine, I'm guessing I'm still dead. Right, I can't. So, would you go back further and stop me from doing it, so I don't get killed? Maybe we'd, that'd be our out. What if both of us are killed? If you stand there in the mirror, well, you just distract you. you take care of this. All right, I'll, all right, fine. I thought you'd like to go. If I had the time machine, because no, I'd be I'm the guy that built it, right? Where, where do you want to go? I'm going back to my fifth birthday, George. Right? Really? Oh, that a, sounds nice. A, I had a almost fluorescent green 
cake my parents Ooh. my parents made that was full of sugar butter oh. frosting. It was the cake weighed about three hundred pounds and was only six <laughs> six inches wide. And I go back and I eat that cake, George. Um, um, wait, there was one. It was, was made in a say. super collider out of super dense matter of some kind. Yeah, I, I love those cakes. Yeah, those days. Yeah, those days have changed. Unfortunately, I don't know. I, I think I mean, you know. I think it might be fun to go back to like the 1930s and be a radio guy in New York City at the during the golden age of radio, and just get a job and do stuff. Can you imagine, imagine that? Back when the- imagine if you took like one of your little, you showed up with your Mac laptop in 1930s and started editing audio. With these guys with just tubes. What would that be like? That'd be pretty cool. You'd probably go to jail. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> to have, for having technology that you can't explain? Can't That's explain, a civil yeah. liberties issue. Right. Well, it mm, could be. Mm, it yeah, that could be. Could be. So, yeah, there'd be, there'd be a court case. But, but you know, it'd be... It'd be that. That's what I think. That's another thing, a thing I would do. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I'm, if I'm necessarily with you there, George. But I think All the right, time so travel tour it. is good. But, yeah, keep going. Um, how are we looking for electric cars? I, they seem to really be happening. Okay, so yeah. there's some political things that are keeping this alive, that are making this happen, that Europe has basically said, uh, EU said by a certain year, everything's got to be, you know, a certain percentage got to be electric, so all the manufacturers have to build them. And, of course, they'd like to still be building their high-performance gas cars for some people, but you know what? The electric cars are faster anyway, so there's a lot of hybrids. So I think the future of electric cars is good, the issue is batteries, which are going to get better over time. And they seem to have gotten better over time. And Elon Musk, again, is not listening to what people telling him no. And he's come up with things where it's got a reasonable range now. And you can charge it fairly quickly. Uh, I think the future is How great cool is for them. I think, I, think I think it's a great thing. I mean, so you are, you're not, you're not magically solving all the problems of, uh, of, of having, uh, you know, vehicles. Okay, so yes, you're not burning gasoline out of your tailpipe. But that energy has to be created somewhere. So it's something is getting burned somewhere. There's a there's a case to be said about at night, there's low power consumption. So if your car's in your garage, you know, you gotta run those generators all the time anyway. And so you're kind of wasting something by not using it, by they're running at a lower load, but you know, there's some waste. So that gets sucked up. And then of course you're storing power in batteries in all these cars in 10 billion homes everywhere. So now you've got a way to even out the the electricity in the grid. So there's I think it's got a future. I mean, I, I think it was mm. kind of cool. I have a friend that went and they built an electric, a couple of friends built an electric car from scratch. Wow. And you know what the these lesson better, was? Higher caliber oh, friends these, than I have. These are, these are smart dudes. So they found some new Lippo battery from China that got delivered, drop shipped to a dock in Los Angeles, and they had to ship it to, to Maryland to, to, you know, to get the power they wanted. They had a guy that built, physically built the controller boards that controlled the battery and the engines and wrote the software that when you push on the gas pedal, that it would go. And you know what I learned about that from that experience? And it, well, by the way, I drove this car and it was fast. It was a, they took a 1991 Miata, silver Miata, which is actually, I had the gasoline version of that in the, in the nineties, right? It was, it was kind of neat. It wasn't a reason about doing with me. It just happened. That's one they could get for a thousand bucks, right? They ripped the engine out right. of it. They put the, the you know the motor in it. They got a motor on eBay somewhere that was very specific what they wanted. Then they built it and they drove it around. They ended up donating it to some uh, university in Minnesota because they they both get they both get married. One guy had a kid moved to the West Coast. The other guy's got a stepdaughter, right? And so they're just not living together you know in the same area anymore. So they they basically got rid of the car. 
But here's the thing I learned from this. Automotive engineering, the fact that you can get in your car in any weather and vibration and it kind of works every for years. People complain, mm-hmm. oh, this car's a lemon. Man, the problem they had was their boards kept blowing up. They'd get wet or they'd vibrate and the parts would fall off and they couldn't keep it. They couldn't keep the thing running for more than a couple of days and it would just fail. Interesting. That was so automotive manufacturing is really is is a very un, un um, heralded uh, technology, and even I can oh, imagine yeah. even more so like what Elon Musk is doing with with uh, going to space. That's even harder, right? So that that yeah, stuff to land like his stuff does. Yeah, no kidding. Holy God! Well, I mean, you know, in the '60s yeah. they didn't care, right? They're just trying to get somewhere, and they that all. There's no way they they don't care if they they got those boosters back and they they were just barely doing it anyway and f- they were learning how to do it on the fly and all that and now the problem with that was it's really expensive right it would be like how many tens of millions of hundreds of millions of dollars for one Saturn 5 to go somewhere well if you could reuse this most of the rocket like 30 times it suddenly gets really you know inexpensive comparatively for space to go fly so that's why they did so they modern materials, composites, the thing is lighter, better engines, et cetera, et cetera. They have enough fuel left over. They can land the thing, and they have softer to do it. The fun one was when they do synchronized landings with two of them. That's just showing off, right? But it's really like in software, there's a thing that, you know, called an object, right? So if I we had an object that was a radio recorder, you could create 10 radio recorders, and they'd all just work independently of each other, and they don't care that there's 10 of them. So and if you start them all at the same time and tell them all to go for 30 seconds... They all run for 30 seconds and stop. So you, you get your two boosters and you put them in the same landing program at about the same time and they land within a second of each other. You know, it's 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 a, but it looks it looks like magic. Well, it's not going to be so fun when they start doing that with uh, army of cloned bots. <laughs> right. George. Exactly. Well, because all those is, Boston Dynamics things already. Yeah, those are really 500 creepy. Five hundred of those crawling around. You can buy. You Oof. can buy a spot if they. They have to kind of. You have to kind of get interviewed to get it, right? You can pay them, lease it for like a year. I don't know what it costs. Um, Adam Savage has got one, and he's like really excited. All right. How do I know that? Who's Adam Savage? Uh, MythBusters guy. He's he's the oh. he's kind of the cool MythBusters guy. He builds like all these replicas yeah. of spaceships and weapons, and like he has the exact duplicate of the blade runner pistol and he spends hour he has a, a channel called tested where he, he talks Sounds about doing cool, this. it's really cool stuff he's, he's a cool dude and he's got one but yeah those those are creep me out but you know again they're they're softer and they're hardware and they're pretty much a, a water or electric electricity in the right place and they're done they're not going to be sentient they're, it's not going to be skynet <laughs> it's it's just going to be a tool to do something I don't know, George. I mean, when you but it's create creepy. the right, when you make the robot, George, and you tell the robot to eradicate pneumonia in all people, what's it going to do? Just eradicate everyone. Yes, <laughs> it's a bug. It's a bug in the That's software. Why coding matters. You need to be careful, especially Damn. you and your people, George. You and Adam you Savage, people. be careful. Your people. Yes, you can destroy the world if you don't finish or close out your if and and loops correctly, George. I could the just destroy radio. That's all I'd destroy is radio. No one's going to die. It doesn't need any help, unfortunately. <laughs> but not podcasting because of uh, and digital radio because of uh, great companies like Backbone, George. Thank you very much. Why don't you, why don't you tell the listeners to Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel uh, what Backbone can do for you? Well, Backbone, we, we can build a radio station that runs on from software that lives online that could be on a terrestrial station. So if you're a radio host like a Tom Shattuck and you'd like to have your syndicate your own content, 
we can provide you the software to do that and you can just do the whole thing from your house wherever you are we can bring in your remote host they sound like they're in the same room we can like i said put you on your terrestrial station we can generate your podcast we can give you an internet streaming site we can get you on tune in radio in the 21st century there's no barrier to entry and if you've got a brand already this is a you can you know take advantage of it you're not <laughs> you're not beholden to engineers like me anymore you can just buy this service and not have to have a brick and mortar radio station you could do your own thing it's nice and easy. You can find uh, more at Backbone.com. You follow George on Twitter at G Capalbo. Thank you. George also does some um, radio. hits on AM radio. Yes, and uh, WCRN 830. You, go to his Twitter the, page. You'll the see technology all that minute, there. correct. Yes, and thanks to you, correct. Tom. But Tom Shattuck encouraged me to do this, people of, uh, uh, who like to listen to Burn Barrel. that He encouraged me. He's a good guy, regardless of what you I'm think. I'm a kingmaker, George. You are. You've made me a king. I've been, I enjoy doing radio with you. It's a good time always. Good. Well, I look forward to doing it again, George. Other than today. No, it's great. You too. Perhaps (laughs) I'll see you this weekend. Who knows? All right. Oh, yes. It's the Strawberry Festival in Lancaster. See you, everybody. Sounds wonderful. We'll see you there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.